Welcome everyone to the latest episode of my podcast. I'm joined by Peter Slack from Orbital IT, who is going to be talking us through some cybersecurity tips and hints. Uh, welcome, Peter. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right now. I've had a moment of uh, panic. IT is, it does that to you now and again. There's never a positive. It's always just working or not working. Exactly. Yeah. So we were just saying that we were supposed to do this a week ago, weren't we? And we literally sat to do it and you went, the internet's gone. Yeah, they just dug up my road. Um, put in Swish Fiber, ironically. <laughs> Brilliant timing for us. First time in the year, it goes down. Ah, I'm supposed to be live. It was so funny. We were literally sat there. You were like, yeah, it's not it's not working. I was like, let's reschedule. Yeah. Also, the, also the same day my mother decides to get hacked. So it was perfect timing. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll, you talk actually... about, we'll talk about it in a bit as we move on. We, we will talk about that 100%. So we're going to go through kind of seven... Um, of the most important IT security um, essentials and you're going to be giving everyone loads of help and advice because obviously I don't I don't know about these things but um, before we do that why don't you just give everybody a little bit of background about who you are and how you ended up in IT and what your company does. Yeah sure uh, so my name is Peter Slack um, I don't own Slack sadly so I'm not worth five billion pounds. <laughs> damn <But> it! <laughs> I started another company damn it uh, called All Technology in 1999. Uh, I've worked in IT um, and security for over 30 years. Uh, I'm a boutique specialist, uh, Microsoft partner solution, uh, but we heavily concentrate on the security elements. Uh, and we have multiple USPs with our business, which make us quite different to most MSPs and IT support companies, which are break, fix or reactive that are out there. Um, and our main one really, which we're talking about today is probably security and protecting the business. Mm. Um, Sadly, as many MSPs, about 7,000 in the UK uh, that are in our uh, area uh, looking after that, so you have to dif differentiate. Um, but what a lot of them are doing are unfortunately lying, relying on old technologies, um, Microsoft solutions and other bits and pieces to keep you safe. And as we've seen in the news every single day, these aren't working. Um, you know, what my view is that you need somebody watching Microsoft <laughs> so that you know when they get hacked, and it's happened a few times in the last few years, uh, SolarWinds, where they're one of Microsoft's suppliers, and they basically had a password, SolarWinds123, which they blamed on The Apprentice, which went all the way through to Microsoft. And <gasps> Microsoft. <laughs> so, oh my uh, but we'll be talking about passwords and how important they are. We, we, <laughs> we will be talking about that. <laughs> Won't be smooth123. <laughs> no, no absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's the way we started, and, and part of my reason in doing this today, really, uh, we've you know, got a lovely, successful company and all the bits and pieces, and we you know, don't have to do any marketing, we just get referrals constantly, um, COVID just inundated with work, because all our customers were kind of already cloud-based um, and ready to roll, so we had the capacity to take on clients that weren't in that situation. Um, so that's a beautiful thing. One thing we don't have, of course, is then a big marketing platform or social media platform or everything else but I know a person who has hey. <laughs> uh, hiya <laughs> and uh, you know part of I was talking to an, another friend of mine who also runs a business very similar to mine focused on security uh, and the one thing we really wanted to do was help protect uh, businesses and users in the UK by doing uh, these types of things podcasts and just spreading awareness of really simple things that are fairly easy to do um, and, and you know we we said, he said, I've set a target of 100,000. And someone said, oh, I should make it a million. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make mine a million as well then. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can educate a million people on oh. just the basics of security. And obviously you have a mess massive platform to probably put things out there and do things which I hate doing. <laughs> <laughs> I also hate doing it. Like, oh, okay. don't, be under, don't be under any illusions. I enjoy it, Peter. <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a necessary evil for my it business and my... <laughs> my See, goals in life for us we just sit in basements and look at clouds and things and dark web and stuff that you know and stop hackers doing things so uh, don't lie you're out like socializing all the time that's that's that's, an, that's another sideline that's we'll do another podcast on that. yeah that's called hospitality networking that's the networking side <laughs> networking of yeah yeah, yeah. talking to directors about how they can act yes <laughs> And for those of you who... yachts in Monaco and Silverstone and other events that was... and gun wolf keys, <laughs> yeah, and gun wolf keys. Yeah, we've, we've gone low grade as well. 
<laughs> it's true. I can't even argue with it. Oh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Peter and I met on a um, yacht in in Gunworth Keys, and um, yeah, Peter just got really drunk, didn't you? <laughs> Constantly, yeah. So I don't remember and you being drunk at all. <laughs> no, I, I definitely wasn't being sick in a saucepan on a. You know, on, the, on really after good. no so um so yeah that's how we met and <laughs> peace does lots of networking and runs a little club which i'm a member of um yes but yeah that's her uh check uh, attend a, a virgin event <laughs> yes i need to attend an event i've yet to do that but i will yeah. um but yeah you run a run a networking kind of club as well don't you for kind of business owners to go to some really cool hospitality things yeah yeah, we, uh, we do a lot of fun on that side, that's for sure. Um, Definitely. Work yeah, hard, yeah. play hard, right? Yeah, absolutely. And now, now I've ended up on the Jerry Bartlett show. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, right. Let's get into the IT then. So we're going to start with passwords? Um, uh, yes, kind of. Uh, yeah, let's start. Well, let, let, let's start with who are hackers? What What is the hacker? Let's start with who are hackers. Yeah, because you know let, let's because everyone goes oh hackers hackers they're doing this and they're doing that and and actually then they're, they're not i would say they're not hackers these are 95 percent of people are doing what you see day to day that happens to small businesses mm-hmm. are actually just um they're just chances just scammers they probably couldn't hack anything to be honest they're literally just <laughs> using your login credentials um so they don't big them up they just they're not, yeah. they're not that clever they're not that clever they're not that clever they're just scanning the dark web and getting your credentials and logging in which is great um so what we need to do is obviously talk about passwords in a second but let's mm-hmm. let's just imagine um you know to simplify who what what your target risk is and for your companies as an individual if you're a 50 million pound company or a one pound company what the difference is so if you imagine um, a street of houses and some of the on the street that are houses that are five million plus and there's houses that's 100 grand, 200 grand, 500 grand, et cetera. There's a different burglar that's going to try and go for each house. The big five million pounds, they know they're going to have expensive rings, watches, all the other bits and pieces. But they also know they're going to have a load of CCTV, barbed wire, mm. dogs, maybe 24 hour alarm care, all those bits yeah. and pieces. So you're going to get five percent of the burglars may attempt that type of burglary because they know it's going to be worth the risk but they don't want to get caught either the mm-hmm. other 95% will go that's not that's out of my league it's too much for me I'm going to go for this house down the road that has no no security lighting no CCTV no bits and pieces think of the same exactly the same with the, with the corporate world mm-hmm. uh, you have very large companies that have a very specialist type of select attackers and they could be state uh, funded attacking groups um not mentioning any countries or names and things, but we get the idea. Yeah. Um, and then you've got kind of the general uh, hackers that are probably in the world that we're talking about. Well, we're going to talk about today because the other stuff gets way too complex. <laughs> um, so let's talk about day to day. You know, firms of 10, 20, 20 users, etc. And how um, a hacker, I'm going to call them hackers throughout. But yeah, we'll just call them hackers. Class them as hackers, right? Okay. <laughs> but this is how effectively easy it would be to uh what, what they're going to try and do is effectively get passwords um and usernames and passwords now these credentials uh sit around on the dark web um and to explain the dark web uh the internet as a whole is part of the internet the bit that you use day to day or everyone uses and google and uh, wikipedia and all and corporate websites and everything else that's four percent of the internet okay right right so beyond that you've then got probably the other 80 or 90, uh, the other 90% is the deep web. And that tends not to be uh, indexed by um, Google or anything else, but there are search engines that do index it. And one of them is called DuckDuckGo, which is a very common one. Uh, and that will take you a lot deeper into links that may be for government, uh, you know, uh, all, all sorts of other stuff that's that's there. Uh, and, you know, legal content and all the bits and pieces, well, 90%, <laughs> let's hope it's legal content. Um, <laughs> Then beyond that, you then have the dark web. Now, the dark web is the place where all the bad stuff happens. And that's about 6% of the total internet uh, content that's out there. So these use in, encrypted networks and they use they need special software to access these generally. Um, and it's normally through a browser called Tor, uh, which is short for the onion ring. Um, so you'll have, so the site address, instead of smoothaccounting.com or .co.uk, it will be 
smoothaccounting.onion and you can and those sites will be accessed uh, uh, the onion ring uh, and basically yeah don't go on it don't experiment on it because you will have a knock on your door from the police probably pretty quickly um, because you could be searching for fluffy animal and anything could come up which could be totally illegal content from anywhere and yeah we'd end up with uh, as i think some famous uh, guy in a band uh, Pete, somebody said it was for research, but obviously the police have already knocked on his door by that stage. And it's like, oh, what, okay. what are you downloading? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, so if, you, you're, if you're going through a normal ISP, they will all traffic for certainly dark web, streaming sites, the rest of it is monitored. Don't think it isn't. Okay. Um, and yeah, you, so hackers use these sites, but they go through lots of VPN, virtual private networks and other people's computers in order to get to this network. Anyway, that's complicated stuff. We're going to try to keep it very light today. <laughs> but explaining what the dark web is. It's just like yes. a little door of the internet where the bad guys go. They have chat rooms. And guess what's on those chat rooms? Marriott from last week where they got a data hack. If there's usernames and passwords, and all that information will get dumped on there. And people will download it and pay. And every single item, your date of birth is worth another 10p. Your address is worth another 10p. So wow. as you've got a profile on a person, it becomes more valuable. And they build these profiles online and individuals and and that's where they'll start so if i said okay you know even as a the chances are these are just chances that are just going to use this data so they're not particularly going oh i'm going to come for smooth accounting because they've got x pounds in the bank or whatever they've got a million clients with x pounds mm-hmm. um these guys that just will find this stuff and they'll go Boom, oh that works brilliant okay yeah, yeah. then they'll start targeting you yeah, um, yeah. A targeted scammer. So if I was going to target a smooth accounting, for instance, I would go straight into right, LinkedIn. There's all the usernames because that's the that's the user. So I now know the email format, the user format. We can check whether those work or not and, and what was then. Then you basically just put on the domain, do a dark web script scan. How many of those have passwords? And by the way, you have zero passwords on the dark web for smooth accounting. Hey! Well done, tick in the box. <laughs> <laughs> but no one's immune from you know, uh, losing a password because it's probably not your fault. It's actually the EasyJet got hacked and they lost the passwords and you happen to use your smooth accounting address or it's Marriott last week or it's Hilton or it's wherever you stayed, you know. Or, yeah. And naturally, you know, I've got about 830 accounts on, on the web with usernames and encrypted passwords and God knows what. Yeah. But most users probably have a minimum of 50 and they probably okay. think they actually only have 10. <laughs> For mm. every gas bill, electric bill, water bill, council tax, you know, you could name 10 straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, EasyJet, <laughs> probably. Yeah. BA, probably a good percentage, Hilton, et cetera. So as a hacker, um, if, if you're doing a phishing attack, you already know brands in which to send the fake message from. You know, if we look at smooth accounting, we already know you use WordPress because we can see it. You're on WordPress, and WordPress version 6, by the way. Very good. Another okay. box because you've updated it or it's on auto update. A lot of companies no idea. Will, will, will straight away see that just from by scanning the domain, they'll be on an old version of WordPress. We know their security is not good already. Right. Okay. okay. So that's, there's pointers out there on the web where we can look up your domains. We can look up, we know that you use Microsoft 365. So, of course, I'm going to send you an email saying, Oh, Microsoft, the, your admin yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got X number of days till you get locked out. Of course, you have. If yeah. You click here, fill in your password, et cetera, et cetera. So, those are, those are the type of phishing attacks. And that's where 90% of hackers are going to come from on the easy target. They're either going to get you credentials from the dark web or they're just going to socially engineer you to click something. So, yeah. I'll show you, I'll tell you how bad or how easy social engineering is. Is that I was at InfoSec last week, which is a conference for um, security companies and thousands of security companies. One of our suppliers, their Hornet Security, was there and they ran a party afterwards. Best thing about this party, put two bouncers on the door and they had the, uh, the yellow flash, flash bands and everything else. Yeah. And we're like, okay, it's a bit, bit heavy. Like we signed <laughs> in, they were coming to the party. We've got a lanyard. Uh, but it was amazing. <laughs> so walked in, I'm like, <laughs> who are these monkeys <laughs> anyway just walked straight in past yeah. the door stand, standing in the party what I, re- I didn't realize it was a hoax but what they did was they stopped the guests and they said oh no we just need to body scan you like an, with an actual airport scanner they were going up and down and everyone was letting them do this and i was like this is unbelievable and then they, they would see how far they could push it so they had the women's handbags they're like yeah we just need to search your handbag now and they're like oh okay no problem 
and they were planting drugs in there, you know, all fake drugs and all sorts of stuff going, and what's this? And their faces was just hilarious. It, it was brilliant. And, uh, you know. It's such a clever were, idea, though, to show people, like. Yeah. And they were totally buying into this. And one lady, they even got her iPhone out. They had it there about 10 minutes. They were running out of things they could do. They were just like, oh, we actually need to check your mobile phone. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Like, literally, I'd be like, just take it all. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> See, like, hands a mobile phone over. Oh, what's the pin? One, two, three. Yeah. Bash straight into a mobile phone, the whole world. Oh my God. Uh, she was the marketing girl for the security company that actually booked the act. I'm like, what? Didn't you know what they were going to do? So, yeah, highly, highly amusing stories of, um, of just showing you how easy social engineering was. If yeah. I actually wanted to hack a company and, um, you know, physically, it'd be so easy. Just buy a male uniform, straight a raw male uniform off the eBay or something like that, get a parcel under your arm, walk through most security and most companies. Plug a USB pen drive in a machine, Bush will see you later. Oh, here's your new keyboard. Um, you know, plug it in. Yeah, when you say it like that, that's mental. Like, it just, you, I think people are trusting of yeah. people they shouldn't be trusting of. Just because you don't realise, you don't know, and you don't want to do anything wrong. And it's also like sometimes uncomfortable to question people yeah, like yeah. you know but equally if you I mean like here for example where we're based at Lakeside uh, pre-COVID you know there's like 10,000 people based here so when you get here there's people everywhere like everywhere you go every they're walking past your offices they're walking in and out they're scanning themselves in and out like you wouldn't think that anyone here shouldn't be here yeah like yeah. how would you know and it's very easy to just follow them for lunch and pick up one of their passes of the thing yeah. but or just duplicate it it's... yeah exactly or just walk through the barrier behind them like you know like one of the barriers just open, like um the disabled one uh, some people go through if they're carrying boxes they can't get through the other yeah. one but it's just a thing like that and people just walk through people always help you always carry, yeah. carry massive boxes it's yeah. amazing and pretend they're really heavy yeah yeah <laughs> like, like, oh god <laughs> <come on. laughs> it's like taking social uh social engineering to the extreme but yeah yeah, yeah. how easy it is to walk into firms just on the physical security let alone the yeah the digital security let alone the it yeah exactly yeah. passwords then tell us about uh passwords so but passwords um really really important um it, it's the number one easy way of, of getting access which we've said it's on the dark web if you've got one password for everything, so most most users, it's the old Mac and, Mac, Michael McIntyre sketch. He did a sketch on it saying most users have got three to five passwords. Um, it'll normally be a daughter's name, something like that, a number after which might be 19, whatever the date of birth is, might have an exclamation mark on. It's the character of choice. You know it. <laughs> oh, so, no. <laughs> I, I know. Now half the people on this webinar are going, oh, my God, I need to change my password. <laughs> Literally, everyone who's going to watch this is going to be changing it after this webinar, I swear. But the most important thing, actually, um, so password length is very important. Um, they should be 12 characters as a minimum. This takes the hacking years to well over eight years and, and beyond in hacking times. Anything okay, none that. of mine are 12, literally. Only if they make you do 12. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, exactly. I don't have 12. Um, and so there's there's ways. And also, the other problem is every single password you use needs to be unique. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, that's what we have a password going. manager. I'm sure you're going to get onto that in a minute. But we have, a, we have a password manager. Yeah, so these are, these are ways of doing it. I use password manager, which encrypts all my passwords. And it wraps each password individually as well in another layer of encryption. It's extremely hard to break. I have no idea what any of my passwords are because they're all 30, 40 characters of God knows what. You could it take me 10 minutes to type one out if I actually mm. wanted to type it out. Yeah. Because they're that complicated. But yeah. with a password manager, uh, someone like Keeper Security is what we use. There are other ones, there's last passes, one passes, others. Keepers, in my opinion, the best in the market. That's uh, the one we use. Yay. <laughs> other tick in the box, Jerry. Yay, I'm loving all these ticks, honestly. Um, <laughs> so, so those are basically and they'll put the multi-factor authentication codes in and other complicated bits yeah. the good thing is in the morning you just log into that you press launch it puts the username and password in for you in a secure format and you know that you're on the right site as well mm -hmm. um, so that's an amazing way to keep passwords of course that is going to cost the company money i think it's about four pound a month per user something along those lines mm -hmm. when you consider how much time that will save you over the day trying yeah, to remember yeah. passwords also it, it does also monitor the dark web to a certain amount with virtual. Right. 
So if one of these passwords come up and it's a unique password, like Marriott the other day, I went click, changed my password. Marriott also changed it and it was done. I don't right. have to change 100 passwords because Marriott may have lost my password in their data breach, uh, in their second data breach, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. Odd. No, um, not good for Marriott. So those no, and the good thing about Keeper as well that I like is being able to share passwords internally. So like, obviously there's some accounts that like, I want one of my senior managers to log in and do something for me. Like, I don't want to have to do it. So, but I, I can share it um, like confidentially on Keeper so they can log in as well. And yeah, and um, I presume what you also mean is that when you share it with them, you don't have, the user can't actually see the password. It exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they leave the company, they never knew the password. Exactly. So change it as well. Because you may yeah. change it with, you know, if you share it with 20 staff and one person leaves, you need, then need to change it for 19 staff. I know. Yeah, exactly. Other facilities. And you can also share a one-time link with encrypted documents as well. So if you need to send a document to someone encrypted, you can send them a one-time link where they can get that document viewer in encrypted format. Uh, secure format and take that away. It's a new feature that just launched last month, which is nice. really cool. Know about that. No, that is cool. So my yeah. top free tip for this is yep. to, how do we do this without paying £4 a month? Yes. Um, you know, th there's nothing that's going to compete with a password manager. I would advise everyone to get one and pay for it and use it throughout your whole life because it's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and literally do that. But if you don't, you need to make complicated passwords. One way that I've done it to help people think of passwords because they never can is there's a, there's a site called what three words okay have you heard of what three words no okay if you go onto what three words um it will create uh, it's basically map the whole world into little squares or one meter or three meters squared and every single square has the different three words so if i said the word i don't know um juggles jacuzzi you know hot tub or whatever it is or chair it will come up and it will find that exact square in the world. There's only one of those squares with that number. So what you can do is you can think of a place that's special to you. It could be where your husband proposed, something like that. Find a square that only you would know. And there's hundreds of squares in that area. So it's not like someone could go, oh, I know where that is. And I know that exact three meters. No. But at least you know where those three words are. You've then got three complicated words. You then add a four-digit number on top. Um, something that's not date of birth or other bits and pieces that are related that you can remember. Now, how do we make it unique for every single site? There's a way to do that is to use, you could use, you know, the first three letters of the, web, of the website, for instance, like Facebook, FAC, capital F, capital uh, A and C. So you could have that string of combinations never changes for you. Uh, that, but obviously every time you go to a different website, you can have the first three letters, first four letters of that website. That yeah. makes then makes a password you can remember because you have a formula to remember it. And also you then have unique um, credentials on the end to make every single password unique. And then you could do it. It's called a seeding technique without actually using a password manager. So even if That's you're not clever. invested in the password manager, mm -hmm. make sure those passwords are unique. You've got a formula. Yeah. You know how to remember them yeah. because if one password turns up, it's going to turn up. My credentials are on the dark web, but I know them and I know that they've been changed automatically within an hour of them turning right. up because we have dark web monitors all the time um also if somebody then loses your web password and you find it on the dark web you can then go to marriott whoever it happens to be easy i'm using them as a bad target because they got hacked last week yeah 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 sorry marriott sorry marriott <laughs> you were the latest victim <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but anyway um at least if that comes up and it's blah 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 mar on the end you're going to go well the, they're the only ones who's had that password you've been hacked and you can then put in a complaint to that company yeah, yeah. i'm on them down on like a ton of bricks especially on the on the second breach etc um so that's really uh probably password management um don't keep them in excel sheets it's the other thing don't put them in browsers uh because browsers have zero day um exploits which means that they can they have flaws where they can be hacked very quickly and if a hacker gets in there, they're going to take the whole lot and they're in plain text. So yes. it's okay if they're in Keeper because they're encrypted. But if they're, right. so if you've got the normal browser store, you can report them from Edge to Firefox in seconds and they're all in plain text. So you can literally. So what about if someone hacked Keeper though? It, it couldn't happen because it's encrypted to such, the whole vault is encrypted and every single password within Keeper is re-encrypted in its own wrap. 
So it's impossible. <laughs> and no data is stored in the cloud. It's stored locally on, on the machines and encrypted. So at yeah, so the encryption level, it's just too high. It's just not going to yeah. get uh, uh, cracked. Um, the other thing I say, which I did see, it's always interesting, obviously, when you put the podcast up, you then read the comments, of course, to see what people have my details. Yeah, you'll give it back in an hour. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Yeah. But your friends won't appreciate it because every single, you know, it can take me seconds to download every single Outlook contact, every single business contact, which then I'm going to send to all of them. And guess what? One of them is going to click a link who does have money, who does lose eight grand, 10 grand. I'll get yeah. a call every week. Somebody's lost five grand, 10 grand, 300 grand on one occasion. Um, you know, my mum last week, £1,490. Blah, blah, blah. So oh. uh, this stuff happens every single day. The other thing that's that you will care about is you will care about those credentials because nobody even likes getting a parking ticket. When the no. ICO come and fine you for your data breach, it could be 25% of your revenue in yeah. the UK, under UK Data Protection Act. And it could actually be up to 5% on GDPR. Um, so if it's an EU um, person as well, then you're yeah. in double trouble. Um, the other thing I'd also say is on ICO, many, many companies are unaware of who the ICO is. So it's the Information Commissioner's Office. Yep. Um, and there's a requirement for certain companies, which is quite a lot of companies, to actually be registered on this to even hold data. When yes. I say hold data, if I send you an email, I've now got a business relationship. That's data that I'm holding that could identify you as a person in Outlook. And it's the same as even if I had your IP address, which is the numbers behind the gobbledygook of email, um, that is classed as holding data on someone. So yeah. you do need to go on. If you own a business, you need to go to the IC and you're not re ICO registered, which is about £35 a year. It is, yeah, it's it. not much. You need to go and do it and you need to check yeah. through that search engine to see if you need a viewer requirement. You've got CCTV cameras, it's 100% you need to do it because you're recording images of people and voice mm. of people. Etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so important, isn't it? I think I, most businesses need to be ICO registered. I would say ninety-nine yeah. percent. I would just do it out of, you know, that's one of the first just questions. Do it. It's thirty-five quid. Otherwise, we just wouldn't use someone who isn't ICO registered. Yeah. Moment. No. Um, and and likewise, the fine for not being registered, you were supposed to be registered, is about five grand. So yeah. it's really it's important just to get it's that. Not, it's, there. Yeah. There's no point. You may as well for thirty-five quid. Yeah. You may as well do it. If anyone's got any questions for Peter, please ask them as we're going through and we will get to them at the very end if there are any. Um, but let's move on to um, multi-factor authentication. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's all part of the password section, really. So it leads on nicely. Um, multi-factor authentication, it comes in various forms, but ultimately it's when you log in with two sections of information that's required from you. So that'd be username, password. It may then say, I've, you know, like iCloud or something, I've sent a message to your phone, which you can click, or I've sent you a text with six digit number that you need to put in, etc. Yeah. Please, please turn it on everywhere. <laughs> if you can get into any account with just a username and password, um, it's, and your passwords are the three to five passwords, the chances are you're going to be a victim very soon. Um, and this is not about if it's not an option because it's not an option on loads of sites, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's sad. There is not an option on loads of sites. Make those and software, some software don't have it. <laughs> Pardon, make those make those passwords 38 characters, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A whole song is going yeah, in my password. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a yeah, lot that don't have it. I'm surprised. I think it's going to become a lot more compulsory and standard and i think the standards mm. with uh, cyber essentials which is the minimum standard for working with anyone in government um etc so many companies we may be talking to well broadcasting to today will already have cyber essentials as a compulsory have it. yeah excellent <laughs> uh, and so obviously um but also it, it's essential to have that going forwards because i think it's going to become compulsory for limited company owners to actually get yeah. to that standard because the hacking situation is getting so severe and company yeah. owners yeah. unfortunately aren't paying attention to uh, this element of, of their business or they're listening to people that also aren't well advised really in, the, in our MSP industry and we have a massive skill shortage in security or good security people in our industry and that's certainly driving it because people believe whoever looks after them to the maximum of their knowledge unfortunately yeah so, so if you can turn it on 
100, 100%. If, you, if it's there, use it. Please do. Um, yeah, 100%. ICO we've already talked about so that's fine that was our third thing on the list let's talk about antivirus um yeah so let's yeah um antivirus so endpoint protection uh really important um the bring your own devices to work area is a really really scary area for all of us um in IT we kind of try and say to companies just buy them a laptop because it only takes one thing to get hacked most users will go down to PC World if that still exists or Curry's, whatever it's called nowadays. <laughs> Does it? I don't even know. Does it still exist? Is PC World a thing? I think it's now. Yeah, we think it is. Just is it? A quick drink of my uh, invisibility. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, we think PC World is still a thing. It's Curry's and PC yeah. World, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and you're right just on that point because we got everybody laptops, uh, the whole team, and, you know, wanted them to be able to work flexibly but equally don't want people using their own equipment um yeah. a they shouldn't have to and b from a security perspective but then even to the point where in our sort of employee handbook it goes on about data and, and it talks about kind of everyone's responsibility so even if you're accessing emails on your phone and things like that um how the security levels you have to have in place and and you know one of the managers that was going to have emails i wanted to be able to check emails and stuff on their phone it was like can i get a work phone because i just don't feel comfortable doing it on my personal phone and i was like yeah absolutely and it was all a security thing because he didn't feel confident that he could keep his personal phone secure enough and he didn't yeah. want that risk um for anyone being able to pick his phone up or, or anything like that and the fact he always has it with him and, and just just you know keeping it secure basically so um so we've got a work phone for him so he can check his emails on it so it's really important especially on phones um because firstly no one everyone worries about the, the amount of vetting you can do on a phone if it's a personal phone from the back end because they should be logged into the you know your microsoft 365 portal and the monitored device there's only yeah. so much they can do they can't you know they could they could install programs and you're like oh can they see my pictures can they do this you know and other things so the other thing with a personal phone is that in Outlook, you might have your Hotmail account, your this account, which then all, they all come up mixed. So you've got one that's been through a load of filters and business email compromise, hopefully like Mindcast or Hornet or one of the ones we use um, that's been filtered, it's been monitored, it's been checked with viruses. And then you've got your other email that's come from Hotmail, going to do nothing because <laughs> it's yeah. just gone Microsoft system. And yeah, that's yeah. right next to it. So you don't or know. Or AOL, like I still use. <laughs> AOL, yes. <laughs> they are still around. Can't believe it's still a thing. Yeah. I just can't be bothered to change it. I just can't be bothered to change the email address. So it's the old one. I just keep it. <laughs> yeah, just put a forwarder onto your new one. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, antivirus. Sorry, I completely digress. No, no, no worries. So yeah, we're kind of covering both of them, which is probably the email email security or business email compromise systems. You should definitely have one of those. Um, yes. And likewise with um, uh, endpoint protection. So endpoint protection, most important. A lot of the old systems of endpoint protection are, you know, Norton, McAfee, the well-known names, Sophos, that are well-known in, in uh, endpoint protection. Um, there's a lot of problems with these systems. Firstly, they weren't doing any patching. Um, and I don't think many of them still do do patching. And what this means is that in Microsoft systems, as they're updated, as you know, all the times, there's lots of updates yep. coming and they're, I'll reboot your system now, reboot uh, most inconvenient times. On um, all the other programs on your machine, what about those? Google Chrome, you know, iTunes, Zoom, you know, why are they? What about the patching for those? Because they all mm -hmm. have security flaws and they were all using them every day. You're not using actually the operating system to actually do things. You're using Internet Explorer, you're using Word, you're using yeah. all these new patching immediately. We actually have a system that patches within four hours of release of a security patch. Because sophisticated hackers now we're talking about, this is up the top of level, a higher level. Um, so government sponsored will use these, these flaws to get into corporate systems and plant stuff, um, et cetera. Um, yeah. And so that's really important um, that, that things are patched. Um, under the I, uh, Cyber Essentials regulations, I think it's only 14 days you have to do your patching within, which is obviously right. low. Most companies do it weekly. Uh, if they're well well up there, uh, we do ours in four hours. Um, so that's the importance of, and it's all automated. So, yes. um, you know, it can be three in the morning. Um, as soon as that person reconnects their machine to the internet, that, that update is going to happen in the background. It won't disturb their work. 
may tell them to reboot at some stage. They can delay that five or six times, whatever we set over the day. But at some point, it's going to need rebooting and it's going to get done. So um, that means it's going to bring the antivirus software up to date. Is that what that means? Or? No, other, other programs. So this is the, this is the, it's a, a thing that we call called Heimdall security, which is endpoint protection rather than antivirus. Antivirus, the trouble with it is, it's very much, it's just a library of what happened yesterday, realistically. So right, okay. Um, unless you get something that someone planted, but that's, it's just not how hackers operate these days. They're going to send so is it you, a bit pointless, really? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it should still be there. Of course it should, but you need something a lot more in corporate world. Firstly, it's a requirement to do your patching and, and other people will be out there saying, yeah, but we've got Windows, we've got Intune and all that. Great, but not a lot of clients in the small business world have Intune licensing because it's only available to certain customers on certain license levels or it's expensive to do. Um, and also, what about all the rest of the programs on your machine? Team Viewer. Yeah. I don't know. I, there's millions of programs that are yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've all got to be I packed. don't know what we use. There must be something. But obviously, I don't handle our IT, so I don't know. But, yeah, um, no, probably. If it's not a Heimdall, then you'll be using Microsoft and bits like that. So it could probably, that's one area we could probably change. <laughs> and there's another area, which is probably your business email compromise, because at the moment you are using Microsoft, because you're, and, and that's the other thing, a hacker on the outside, so we can see exactly what systems you're using straight away. So before right. you go to a client, I'm going to know every single system that they won't even know what they're using, and I will. And they're like, wow, this guy knows wow. all our users. So you know what systems I'm using? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. do you know that, though? Because, uh, because, so the MX record, so this is public information. So if you go to mxtoolbox.com, so if you put in your domain name, I know that your website's hosted with Google. I know that it's WordPress. I know it's, um, where else did we find it? It's a theme by Astra. So if I get to Astra on WordPress, I can find if it's got a flaw in that theme and then hack the website. If I then hack your website or put something malicious up there, you'll say, okay, it's just that website that got hacked. I can take it down and reload it. True. But if it gets blacklisted, it's going to affect your email for six, three to six months, maybe. Maybe yeah. you've got to get off those blacklists. So there's things like that that are more security. So we have yeah. a thing called WP Security, which monitors to make sure all our clients' websites are updated, et cetera. The other thing that uh, web designers are really, really bad at, passwords. <laughs> guess, guess what? We work, work for a three billion pound wealth company. We went, right, where's the passwords for WordPress? Well, you don't need to know that. You're the, like, that's just web stuff. No, no, we need to know that because you're under an ISO 27001 audit. Get the password, my fluffy cat three. What? <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? That's the website master password for the admin login. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, the MD of the company is just like, uh, yeah, you need to know everything. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, tell tell him everything he wants to know. We are now resetting yeah. everything here. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, so I definitely need to sort out all my passwords. Like, I've got on keepers like nine hundred, and I don't even use like ninety percent of the things anymore. And also, all of mine are stored in Chrome. Yeah, yeah, get them so, out. Get them out of Chrome. Yeah, do that immediately. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not. You know, if you're not patching it within hours, even if you are, I still wouldn't keep them in a browser. It's it's bad news. Yeah, uh, no, I'm going to oh, do that. One of the things I wanted to address, actually, that was one of the comments on the LinkedIn was the guy who said, oh, I'll change your password every 28 days. Yes. No, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> and the reason for that... You put a very polite reply. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll talk about it on the live. Yeah. All, all the other advice on there was, was quite good, and I added a few extra bits to it, but don't do the update of the passwords every 28 days. The reason okay. for that is that, firstly, users can't remember passwords, so they make it more simple or a variation. They'll basically just up the number by one on yeah. the same password. So then the hackers have more details in order to get in. Yeah. Uh, so don't change the password. Make it complicated. Monitor the dark web. And when yeah. it's breached, change it. That's the only reason okay. the password if it's complicated, long, and it is to the criteria we discussed earlier. Okay, cool. No, that's good. Right. right. Cool. We are getting there. We're smashing through this. I love it. So backups. We've yeah. got backups and we've got email and training. So okay. back, let's move on to let's, let's do backups first. So what should everybody be doing with backups? I was wondering what the seven things you had on there. I couldn't remember what we actually uh... I've got your email you sent me about three months ago. <laughs> I can't remember what was on there at all. Um, so backups, yes. Um, most importantly to realize is that Microsoft 365, which everyone's on. Yes, you can recover and you can go back in history and everything else. It's not actually backed up. Um, and the responsibility, if Microsoft gets hacked and loses all your data and everything else, 
responsibility is yours. <laughs> um, yeah, this did happen to me. So after I'd been going for a couple of months, I got ransomware and I had yeah. everything in actually in drop no in OneDrive, which is not Microsoft, is it? Um, yes, it is. Yeah, that's oh, OneDrive. Yes, yeah, so I had everything in OneDrive, just bumbling along, starting my little business, no clue what I'm doing. And then, yeah, lost everything. All encrypted. <laughs> everything. Just logged onto the machine. I was like, what is this? I hadn't, I, you know, I didn't know. I was just like carrying on almost. And I was like, oh, I can't open things. And didn't have any IT support, obviously, because I'd like just started up. And yeah. luckily I had just started up. So I didn't, it wasn't like business critical and I didn't, it didn't affect me. I could just carry on. But you know, I'm so glad that happened because I literally was like, well, it's just, um, it's OneDrive. So obviously it'll be backed up. And then Microsoft were like, no, like then we can't help you. And I was like, what? Just assumed that like, but I've put it in OneDrive, but. Yeah. So a lot of, so many people aren't aware it's been like the ICO thing. So part of this webinar today is really just get these things that are just hidden away by, mm -hmm. and IT companies aren't telling people this, which is really scary. Yeah, uh, I know. Well, one so, of my coaching clients, you know, she was saying the other day, she stores everything in Dropbox. And I was like, yeah. you need, where has it been backed up? She's like, it's not. And I was like, oh. Do it, back it up. Back it up, yeah. All these things, so that we have an 11 layer security stack throughout the company. Um, and each one is, you know, it's a couple of pounds per month per user. Yes, it does add up. But if you're not spending, I would say you need to spend 800 pounds per user per year to run their IT. Um, including the license for Microsoft. And if you're spending that, then you're going to be okay. If you're trying to skimp less than that, I said, chances are you're probably missing some sections. So that's always a good... Uh, yeah, ours is a bit more than that. Yeah, good budget to run to. Uh, that's not, that's excluding other bits of software you could... Oh, no, ours is maybe about there. We're about we're about 80, maybe 85. I'm trying to work it out with 13 of us. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I pay about £1,100 a month or something, so... Yeah, but yeah, the, so it'd be about... So with support and everything else, we're about eight hundred pound per user per year. Yeah, so seventy about sixty five pound per month per user. Yeah, so yeah, probably about right. If you're thirteen, yeah, probably. Spot yeah, on. yeah. Okay, so that's good. And um, our IT are really great, by the way. We use Reformed IT, and they are really, really good. I've been with them for years now. Um, obviously, I can check a few things out after our call and what we're doing. But we're war, things... war, at war with them. <laughs> we're friends. Yeah, well, yeah, literally. But they are they are good. I will say that. Yeah, I, I, work, <laughs> Carry on. I work with a lot of MSPs, and you know, to be honest, um, you know, there's a group of ninety of us on a WhatsApp group that all own MSPs. And to yeah. be honest, we're all working together to actually help each other out and make IT better and make it more yeah. secure. Uh, and if we're not sharing our knowledge, that's a dangerous thing. A lot of people think, you know, oh, oh, they're going to steal our clients. And that's like, we've got clients boring in the door. We really don't need to. Yeah, yeah literally. We're, I'm the same with accountancy. It's like, it's actually about I'm, I'm all about collaboration. So well, yeah, I totally. Make the world better and make it safe. Absolutely. Definitely. So the last bit about that endpoint security is yep. that also the, the, the other layer they have in there is, is the patching layer. They have uh, multiple layers of intelligence in there. It's called dark layer guard. So they know they have about they're about 95 percent correct on when the domain's registered, whether it's going to turn malicious or not. OK. Uh, and things like that. But they also have it goes through what's called a DNS layer filter. So when you surf the web, you'll see HTTP and you'll see HTTPS for secure sites. Please make sure that the padlock is on and you're on HTTPS sites, so at least that is being communicated in a secure encrypted format. Okay. Uh, certainly if you see it on a, a website without login, do not log in because it's HTTP sites aren't safe. Okay. Um, the other layer of the internet, how it communicates back and forth is called on DNS. Um, and that's how computers talk to each other. The first thing when you get a ransomware on a machine, which you've had and you press the button and it's encrypted and it starts encrypting, the first thing it'll do is it'll dial back on the DNS level to get the encryption key. Of course, if you're not monitoring the DNS level, which 99% of antivirus doesn't, you're not going to see that. So the other thing with Heimdall Security is it monitors everything at the DNS layer on the dark layer guard and ensures that it's not dialing back for that. The other module it has on there is ransomware encryption protection. So when you add that, turn that on, you monitor everything that is doing encryption on your device and you go, okay, after a week, you go, yeah, that's legitimate, that's legitimate. Everything else that tries to encrypt, it cannot. End of story. So it doesn't matter what version of ransomware, what anything it is, it cannot do encrypting. So even if it got the key, it can't come back and start encrypting. So right. two very important modules. And there's, and there's loads of others like privileged access management for admin login and those types of things. But there's multiple layers to this one product. 
which I don't want to go in depth because it's too technical and complicated. Yeah. Uh, antivirus, in my view, is very, very out of date. And if you're just using that on an endpoint, that's quite a bad scenario. Okay, cool. Noted. Uh, endpoint it's done. Such useful, <laughs> such useful information, Peter. It really is. So, okay, cool. So, what about emails? We've got what percentage of emails are threats? Um, and then you did an example of a typical client. Um, yeah. So I know, and the last subject we're going to talk about is training and know before, which is what we have. That's the training that we all do here to get our cyber essentials. Um, but um, I know that comes up. Today. You're doing very well. <laughs> I know, I'm pleased. Um, I wish most clients that come to me, like every client that comes to me has almost none of this. Really? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure lots of people don't, to be fair, because it's all yeah, way above yeah. my head. I'm basically like, make me as secure as I need to be, like, and I'll just pay for it. <laughs> like That's, that's, that's how I feel. That's how people should be about their accounts. Like, make sure my accounts are legitimate, they're legal, they're, I'm saving the most tax possible and I'm doing everything by the law and I'll pay you yeah. for it. Like, that's how people should be and they should be exactly the same about cybersecurity and IT, in my opinion. And we're the professionals running in this industry that have got to give us, and, and we say the same, it's like if clients aren't going to sign up to our programme, like there's PC World down the road, that's where you need to go. Because yeah. you know, I'm not going to have clients that are going to get hacked and I'm not going <laughs> to put them in that situation. I certainly no. Because when that happens, suddenly I'm going to be out for three days trying to unravel their hell, yeah. uh, which is a nightmare. So, yeah, exactly. So, that's it. So, so, yeah, so we're looking at emails. Yeah, so what type of emails might be threatened? So, so we use a system called Hornet Security for this. Um, it's the Mimecast is probably the most well-known one, but it's very enterprise level and it's very expensive. And to run it, it can be complicated and things. So we've basically looked at what we've done is taken enterprise level grade products and make sure that they're accessible and in the price and what they do is as good as enterprise at or better at two pound a month per user so that it's accessible for a one-man band business or 10-man band business or 20-man business or whatever um, and it's realistic in pricing so this does exactly that the way that we can justify this is that we know so i've just pulled one client out which i'm going to look at the stats of which is uh, 5,213 emails in the last month 57 percent were clean um so they were okay yeah 1719 emails were info mail what info mail means is it's a newsletter or something that's not from an actual person but it's information that is clean so that would also yeah. go through 1414 were spam uh, mm -hmm. one was content which means it's got a macro or something nasty hidden in the content um right. so that one's automatically going to get stopped and needs to be checked by us or sand, what we call sandboxing. So we run it and see yes. what it does in an isolated area. Yeah. Um, threats are then 32. Advanced threats, which would be phishing attacks, other things, 37. And rejected, 738. So how do you justify the cost of paying £4 a month for whatever this system is? For So if you've got 10 users, it's going to cost you £40 a month. How long is it going to take a member of staff to go through 5,213 emails, weed out 738 rejected emails, weed out 1,414 spams and also hope that they catch the 32 and 37 threats that could absolutely stop your business overnight. I yeah. reckon I couldn't do it in a day if I tried. No. So what is a time? And they're also not going to know either. Like yeah. you're just going to be using a kind of common sense, which, you know, emails are clever. They're designed to catch you out. You know, I've been caught like, a few years ago I got an email from my landlord my old where I had my old, old office saying he changed his bank details yeah. and um I paid it into the bank details in the email now my actual landlord had done that a year prior he had changed his bank details and, and emailed yeah. me and we always corresponded by email and it was from his email address it wasn't even one that was similar it was it his exact was email address compromised yeah. Yeah. So I paid it and I lost 1800 quid the bank wouldn't help me they were like no you've authorized payment like they they just weren't interested, um, which I was Santander, which I just was fuming about. I'm still annoyed about it now. Um, yeah. But I was like, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a stupid person. But that the fact that like I always correspond with him on email, he'd done that a year prior. That was normal behavior. I had no reason as it was his email to think that it wasn't him. Like hackers operate on using normal processes, hence the bouncers on the security party. Yes. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's normal to see those type of things um, yeah. in London as well. Um, and, and exactly that, all that's happened is that he's just lost his username and password. That's all that's happened to him. Someone scraped it off the dark web. They've logged into his account. They've scraped every single... Well, what they do is on that attack, 
is they'll set up rules. The first rule will be dot. It's called dot. I've seen it so many times. I saw one last week. It was eight grand. Okay. So it's dot, 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 and dot, dot, dot. The first dot says anything the word invoice payment or payment related words sent to my Gmail account, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, users not going to see this. Hackers already sitting in your account for months. They're getting those things on the Gmail. Uh, he gets that and goes, woohoo, got a hit. Here we go. Now I can log into his email and actually see what they're corresponding about. Next rule, I'm going to hide the emails that are coming back in and take over the conversation. So basically, they'll take that invoice, adjust that invoice, put their email, their bank details on and go, oh, by the way, I sent you the wrong email, uh, the wrong invoice. It was I put the old bank details. Here's your new bank details. Same email, all of the chat in there, everything else, everything perfect. They'll say, pay it. Oh, yeah, is my payment comes through? They're diverting the conversation. The user's not seeing it. They'll let them see what they want to see because they're putting yeah. emails into another folder, normally the RSS folder, by the way, <laughs> um, which goes in there. And of course, no one checks that folder so they don't see them until I ring up and go check your RSS folder, log in, and you'll see dot, 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 dot. And they go, oh my God, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I've seen it 10,000 times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, that's just, that. and that's the thing. Like, I got caught and I was just like, oh, like, just so and, frustrated. Like, someone just took my money. And this is so easy to do. You can learn this in a YouTube video in five minutes. So these are not, these are scammers, like God knows where, you used to do the old 491 scam, have just advanced to watching YouTube and going, oh, we can do that. So it's that simple. And also ransomware, you can buy ransomware as a service for $15 a month. So I can just pay someone with the ransomware $15 a month and I just give them a percentage of the Bitcoin wallet when it, when it gets paid. You know, I mean, it, we've had one Bitcoin wallet collected over 120 million in six months. Oh my God. That's the kind of money. I mean, we're talking about three trillion two years ago, but in, in corrupt money, six trillion last year. And it's going to be nine trillion this year because company owners yeah. aren't protecting themselves. So that's the kind of money we're talking about losing in a yearly basis. And our police, like action fraud and the banks are supposed to be able to stop that. I mean, they've got no chance. And they, mm. you know, they haven't even got the resources to follow it up. There's absolutely no chance. The good news is on a personal account, so we spent five years lobbying the banks to actually, as they were moving the blame onto the users, um, we were saying, well, it's not the users, you're complicit because your systems are so bad. We, you know, if I can pay, if I can put in my account details, my sort code and put my name as Mickey Mouse and it still pays it to it, that's a pretty crap system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's not even matching my name. That system only came in like a year ago. It so did, the most yeah, important yeah. thing, Bear in mind, it doesn't work on Metro accounts. So basically, and a few other sort of low-end banks, I call them poverty accounts. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, on Metro Bank and all the rest of them, people with those accounts, we, we just don't have them as suppliers anymore. So we can't we can't pay you with Metro Bank. And they're like, well, we can't change our bank. I'm like, well, see you later. Well, then. we can't work with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Starling. That was the one that, um, Starling that the, the person had set up, the fraudster had set up. Um, and what annoyed me so much is that obviously... Santander would stop like five pounds going to Amazon if I'm making a payment. They're like, oh, is this fraud? We just want to double check. And I'm like, no. But 1800 pounds going to a random account I've never paid before. And they just paid it. <laughs> like, didn't and even question gone, it. Once it's gone on faster payments, there's nothing you can do about nothing. it. Like, nothing. Like, literally nothing. It was gone the minute. Yeah, it was gone. Yeah. And, and these banks, they are signed up to a charter, but to protect individuals, not businesses. So it's from a business yeah. account. You're going to get a different response as to hopefully my mum with her personal account. Well, yeah, because it happened to my mum and she lost five grand and Barclays paid her back. Yeah, um, she, she got four out of that. Back with a bit of luck. So I think uh, your mum will. Yeah, hopefully. when they see this podcast and how much is how. Yeah, who does your mum bank with? Yeah, Barclays. <laughs> Barclays, come on, Barclays, sort right, it out. Barclays, pay my mum back. Right? Yeah, exactly. Sort it out. <laughs> because you're paying money mule accounts which you know exist with Metro. But yeah, also, I'll, um, Metro, I'll tag them on LinkedIn. It's fine. Absolutely. We'll pressure them into it. <laughs> so Metro, Metro actually hasn't signed up to the bit where it goes through and checks the name. So a lot of the time when you're paying and you pay, it will check those bank accounts and go, yeah, this matches. You've got a match. Yeah. That's a good thing. But with Metro, it'll just say we can't check them. Now, Metro, that's really bad. That's another tag. Metro, really bad. You haven't signed up to this program. Yeah, you signed up to protecting people um you know when they do get scammed this is a major thing that's going to help stop people getting scammed is matching yeah. the bank name with the actual account but that's why hackers will then target metro accounts so they're bringing 
hackers to their own accounts. They are. They're bringing them on. Really yeah. Stupid method of like because it costs them some money or something, you know. But, That's crazy. So, that is crazy. Well, but you know, it's important yeah. that people are aware of these things. You know, if you can't check the bank details on an account, don't pay that account. Don't pay it. Exactly. Simple. Definitely not. If it's a new account. The only way I would then pay that account is we'd send a test payment for a random amount between zero and a pound, well, 1p and a pound, and then ask the client to confirm how much they received. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. And I've done that. Like, I'm really careful now. And I've done that where, say, I've got to pay like 30 grand or something across. I'll be like, I'm just going to send you a pound. Like, just tell me that you've got it. And on, like, I phone them and I'm speaking to them kind of, you know, tell me how much I've paid sort of thing. And then I'll yeah. pay the rest. I mean, interesting now, we, we actually don't... Um, I mean, large bills, like unless they're financially vetted, like Microsoft will pay by BACs, obviously. We don't pay anyone by BACs. We pay on Amex because it's Section 75. Under credit cards, you have Section 75 cover, which we'll all be well aware of. And I know so many people that, you know, hospitality, we buy a lot of hospitality, quarter of a million quid a year. You know, these hospitality companies, they're here one minute, they're gone the next, they're going bust, yeah. you know. And you're paying them like 20 grand for a box. Yeah. And they're gone. So you've got to be very, very careful that, you know, even if it's a legitimate transaction, that you have some protection on the money. Um, I know someone is buying flights, private jet flights the other day, and said, if you check the company, like they started a year ago, there's nothing in the accounts. What if that 35 grand, they just don't do the flight? What are you going to do? Oh, you no comeback. Same with actually a guy who had a gardener, same thing. Can you check this out, Peter? Yeah, yeah, you know he's bankrupt, don't you? Yeah. You've got no chance of getting your money back. No, like, we do a lot with Amex, actually, and, and to get air miles, but... Yeah, Amex is good. I think just a lot of places don't take it or they'll no, charge you loads to use it. But I'm like, cards, everyone can take a credit card. Anyone can sign up for a Stripe account in five minutes and take credit cards. So at least they just refuse Amex, don't they? Because they get charged loads. Uh, well, yeah, you get charged more. But I mean, on Stripe, I think it's £1.20 per transaction and, you know, one point two. Yeah, no, I mean, sorry. certain companies refuse to take Amex, don't they? Because they say the charges are too much. So, like even, even the co-op, you can't pay in the co-op on Amex. Mm. like you can use any other credit card but you can't use amex it's like what it's crazy which i get because they are expensive and so yeah. um, on but, small you know, transactions it would mount up you know, wouldn't it yeah even if you haven't got a business credit card use a personal credit card and take it back as expenses if it's a large yeah. expense just to, to protect your business on that side you know that's more, yeah. more your world than, than mine yeah absolutely yeah element is yeah that's fine protection, you can take it. protection element is obviously great advice for the section 75 credit card yeah and the number of times it saved me especially in covid Oh my God, the, half the suppliers weren't even there afterwards. We, you know, on the hospitality side, they just disappeared. So, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Um, As, yeah, I think uh, we've pretty much covered everything on your list. You said yeah, over. Probably part um, of the training side, isn't it? Which oh, is the training. Yeah, the training. Maybe just touch on that briefly because we've been going an hour. So we'll probably just like wind it up now. Object going, oh my God, how long is this going to be? It's like, but you know, more than happy to take questions and, and like email me or something. As long as it's on me. Yeah, email. We'll put all <laughs> your details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll put all your details in the description anyway, yeah, so people can get in touch with you. Um, and I will post a link to this video because I know there was people saying they couldn't make it to watch the live, but they always watch it later. So I'll put and it'll go out on all the podcast channels anyway. Um, but yeah, the training. Do you want to just briefly chat about the training? Training, super, super important. Basically, just you know, help with help with staff to know what how to check phishing attacks, how to check links that are in emails. You know, when it's from Microsoft and you actually look at it carefully, and it's actually in an R and an M together, or even Microsoft all in capitals. If you replace the zero as the O with a zero, you're not going to see any difference on the keyboard. Yeah. The intelligent systems will work this out. That's why you have business email compromised systems. That's why you have Keeper. Because if you click on the link, Keeper won't bring it up. It'll no, that's not the site. Um, so it's really important. another layer of security. You guys use yeah. it. We do. We, we, we have, yeah, our IT company have told us like we, well, we wanted it anyway, but that we have to have it to keep our cyber essentials yeah. and get our kind of badge on our website and stuff to say we're cyber essentials. And what it will do is it will bring those phishing attacks down from roughly 30, 40%. We could normally fish most companies when we send simulated fishes with no before. And if you click on it and thing, then you get a bit more training. <laughs> but <laughs> And we can tell we'll get a company of like 10 or 20 with 40 clicks a month. We'll get them down to two or three clicks a month. Yeah. Uh, but that's still two or three clicks too many. One click and yeah. wipe yeah. the business. That's why you have the other layers of security. So, Yeah, but definitely. No, the the, the no, no, no before um, training is really good. Like cause it's just little bite-sized chunks. It takes like three or four minutes here, five minutes there. You just do little quizzes and games. 
and yeah, um it's it's more bite-sized learning yeah <laughs> yeah you're not gonna get yeah you're not gonna get someone sitting and doing a, a webinar on this for like an hour and retaining no. like all the information they need whereas little bite-sized chunks i think is really useful yeah 100% we'll probably wind it up there but thank you so much for all of that information that was like loads I'm gonna go away and think about now <laughs> like yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot, there. uh, there's a lot. little chunks and if people yeah. need like the, the the security stack that we put in place to make that happen or want to talk to me about that that's, that's, we're more than happy to do that yeah we'll put your details in the description we'll put your email address and probably your LinkedIn um address oh as well I'm so gonna get can... the team to manage this stuff Is that you're gonna, gonna get, get loads of connection requests <laughs> worry because I know your audience is quite large and when it goes out, out I'll be in a load of trouble and I, I yeah phone. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah maybe Excellent. Email, well, email only so at least i can run through and say right i might be a speech in a week or two weeks yeah yeah exactly yeah let's let's just just do email peter yeah, so he's not I too bombarded my, my call center with because they just come through as messages i'm like who am i ringing back first oh my yeah God. <laughs> cool well listen thank you so much and thank you everyone for watching any questions um for people watching this after the live pop them below um and we'll we'll come back to you we'll get we'll get the answer one way or another um so yeah Bye, everybody, and thank you, Peter. Brilliant. Thank you very much.